Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one bestseller, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of the medical merry-go-round? Are you looking for a potential solution to your health problem? Be sure and listen to our podcast, The Code Breaker. Welcome in on a Monday to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Always glad that you are with me on this uh, Selection Monday, I, I guess. I mean, I guess I'll call it that. The day after Selection Sunday. Also, the sports world's talking about Drew Brees' retirement. I had some thoughts on that. If you wanted to uh, to hear those, it's on the stream, the morning stream that I do. Uh, you can hear those there or uh, on my personal podcast feed, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're talking about Ole Miss basketball and being left out of the tournament. Final thoughts really on the season. Yes, they got an NIT bid. We'll talk about that as well uh, and what that means. And I had one Ole Miss fan in particular tell me that the team shouldn't accept an NIT bid because it doesn't matter who cares about the NIT. They should just end their season. I think that's a little ridiculous. So we'll talk about that. Also, and then your baseball team, after a couple of midweek wins, they take two of three from ULM, kind of laid an egg on Sunday, but the uh, pundits that do the rankings do not think that really it's that big of a deal. In fact, Ole Miss didn't drop at all in the rankings that I saw earlier today. Fans were kind of freaking out. There are some areas for concern on this team, and a new one popped up uh, this week. At least a newer one popped up this week, and that is issues in the field giving up free bases, giving up free outs, leading to runs. Not good defensive performance at all for Ole Miss this weekend. We're going to talk about all that, but first, I do want to remind you, let's follow me on all the social media channels you can think of. YouTube, just search my name, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you can, uh, wherever you are on social media, except for Instagram and TikTok. I am not on either one of those, but all your other social media pages, uh, you can find me there. Also, Subscribe to this podcast, leave a rating and a review. And the show is brought to you every day by LBs just across from Kroger on University Avenue there in Oxford. Um, Weather coming through this week, so it may be a little chilly, so let Greg do the cooking for you. Tell him we sent you, by the way. Get one of their daily lunch specials Monday through Friday, but I made some ribs yesterday. They were excellent. Uh, If you want to get your day behind the grill started, you have to do it at LBs, again, just across from Kroger on University Avenue right there in Oxford. Oxford. So we haven't talked since Ole Miss lost to LSU on Friday night. So I'm not going to like go through the box score or anything like that. You guys have seen it all, read it all by now. If you listen to the Sunday show or any happen to hear any of my rants on the regular radio show about Will Wade and LSU, um, you know how, how I feel about that. And to see the one thing standing in Ole Miss's way between them and an NCAA tournament bid was Will Wade and LSU. Is uh, It's a shame, really. I know everybody cheats. I say that all the time. I am well aware of that. As far as I understand it, um, not everybody's starting point guard was being discussed on a federal wiretap when they used the term league minimum. Um, even said more than that. And talked about how he had other deals with other players that weren't going to be multi-year guys. I mean, Will Wade's wiretap is the most glaringly obvious evidence that the NCAA has ever gotten, aside from Odell Beckham literally handing cash to LSU players on the field while CNN's cameras were rolling. Uh, The fact that he is still the head coach at LSU, I think, is an embarrassment on the SEC. 
the fact that he was able to coach in the championship game yesterday, I think, is an embarrassment to the SEC. And again, I understand that everybody cheats to some degree. It definitely shouldn't come from the head coach like that. And not everybody gets caught like that. And yet there he is still on the sidelines, especially at a place like LSU, which I guess when you look at LSU as a whole now, Will Wade is, well, I mean, he's like the most innocent guy on campus. All he's done, I made this joke on the Sunday show, but all he's done is give kids money for being good at basketball. Like compared to the football program and others on campus, that's nothing. I mean, Will Wade's a good guy compared to those people. And then you had Tom Hart. I, I mean, I, I really like Tom Hart, or I did anyway. Um, I, I think he tries really hard to incorporate local flavor into his broadcast. I don't know if you've noticed this. Every time he's calling an Ole Miss game in Oxford, he makes references to things around town or something that usually only Ole Miss people would get. He does that for every game he's calling for. He, I mean, he studies. like He really gets to know the town that he's calling games in and stuff. I really like Tom Hart. And then I've always liked him ever since he did when Snoop Connor broke out that long touchdown run against Vanderbilt a couple of years ago. He said, snoop a bring your green hat. We're going streaking. I mean, who does that? It was awesome. That's a quote from old school, by the way, if you haven't seen the movie. But how many times are they going to say in that game that LSU are the bad boys of the SEC or they're the most hated team in the SEC because they talk a lot of trash? I, I mean, come on, Tom. Come on, man. I know like you draw paychecks from the SEC, so you can't bite the hand that feeds you. I, I understand that. I really do. Like You can't talk about... Well, the team in the game I'm calling, their coach was caught on a wiretap and all that stuff because you work for the SEC. Like, I get that. But they're not the bad boys of the SEC because they talk trash. They're not the most hated team in the SEC, Tom, because they talk trash. They're the most hated team in the SEC because they're the only team in the SEC whose coach got caught on an FBI wiretap discussing league minimum caliber payments he gave to his starting guard. That's why. Well, I mean, just the dancing around it is just insane. And the joke's on everybody else. Joke's on us because Will Wade got caught on a wiretap discussing league minimum payments, and yet he's still coaching. So joke's on us. Nothing's happened to him. I mean, you know if his name was Kermit Davis, he wouldn't be coaching. If his name was Buzz Williams, he wouldn't be coaching. I don't know how he's absolved himself from all of this at LSU. I don't know how any. Anybody at LSU is still surviving. I mean, what a what a disgusting place as we've learned that it is. So again, like I said before, maybe it's just because he's the most innocent guy on campus right now. But come on, Tom. Well, they're the bad boys of the SEC, the most hated team because they talk junk. No, no, they're the most hated team in the SEC because their coach got caught on a wiretap, man. Just college sports in a nutshell. Right, I mean, that is college sports in a nutshell. Mary Harden Baylor got their national championship stripped from them because their coach let a player borrow his 2006 Subaru. That lost that that got them stripped of a national championship because a player borrowed an 06 Subaru at Mary Harden Baylor. But LSU gets to keep Will Wade. As its basketball coach, amateur athletics—it's it's unbelievable. And so that being what stood 
in in the way of Ole Miss and making the NCAA tournament. It just it make it so that guys is why I gravitate towards professional sports. I know a lot of people and it's fine to each their own. Trust me, I'm not going to knock you for liking college more than pro. I'm not going to knock you for it. You like what you like. I like the NBA. I think it's a significantly better product than college basketball. I can't stomach watching college basketball. They can't score. They're not as athletic. The NBA is a much better basketball product, but some people like college better to each your own. But this is why I like professional sports better because this shit, excuse my language, doesn't happen. There isn't a Will Wade in the NFL because everybody's got a salary cap. There's a salary floor and a salary cap. Everybody's getting paid. Everybody knows how much everybody's getting paid. And it's all the same. It's all equal. But but this? Will Wade, LSU, still being there, still playing, still winning, still playing the guard that was being talked about on the wiretap? I am losing it on college sports because of stuff like this. It's insane. Mary Harden Baylor gets a national championship stripped from them, yet Will Wade still gets a coach at LSU. The SEC office, although, and I, I, I hate to even bring this back up, but it just shows the, the hypocrisy, right? And, and how it's, it's only, things are only done out of convenience. Ole Miss and Mississippi State, we're not flying the state flag of Mississippi on their campus yet. They get threatened. They get stuff held over their head. The league office comes after them, even though they've done everything in their power to get rid of it. Yet you can still play your SEC championship in Georgia. You had the situation with Leo Lewis and the SEC office did nothing about it. Let Ole Miss get buried. But well, Wade's still coaching. It's it's just crazy. But the joke's on everybody else. I mean, it's not LSU's fault. <laughs> I don't blame them. I mean, it's not their fault that nobody's doing anything about this. Shout out to them. I mean, they just went to the, the SEC championship. They, they have a good basketball program, a good team. Their fans are so in on Will Wade that they couldn't care less, and they shouldn't because nothing's happening to them. They've got far worse than Will Wade on their campus. So, joke's on everybody else. Joke's on us, man. It is. Because he's allowed to still coach. It's not LSU's fault. It's not at all. But, yes, Ole Miss lost and did not make the NCAA tournament. I know that um, they had a case that the top end of their resume looked really good. And maybe maybe they should have been ahead of a team that slipped in, but they only have themselves to blame. And we've, we've discussed this before. No need to beat a dead horse. If you change the outcome of Vanderbilt or Mississippi State at home or one of the two Georgia games or Dayton or Wichita State, I mean, they had opportunities. And they squandered those opportunities just change the outcome of one uh, of a handful of games for that team. And they're in the NCAA tournament, but you can't do that. And thus they are not. Um, it was a frustrating year. Uh, I, I think at the end of the day, um, two things can be true at once. 
I think number one, if you're an optimist, I think you should be very proud of your basketball team. No, they did not make the NCAA tournament. That should not be celebrated. But they were down and out multiple times. They were on the way outside looking in. And they stayed together, played their tails off, made a run at it, and had a five-point lead with 6.20 to go against LSU, and they just could not close the deal. Um, If I were you, I'd be proud of your basketball team. Not happy that they didn't make the tournament, of course, but they, they could have quit, they could have laid down, and they didn't. They played hard, they represented you well. But it does show you just the remarkable inconsistency of this team. They should be an NCAA tournament team. They told you before the season that they should be an NCAA tournament team, and they did not meet that goal. I had a friend tell me yesterday, well, nobody should be critical because, you know, it's a hard job. Ole Miss basketball historically doesn't have any success, so I don't know why people are complaining. Well, because this team should have made the tournament. This team, this one in particular, this collection of players, should have been better than it was. They showed you in the last 10 games of the season why they should have been a tournament team. It just took them too long to figure it out, and they were too inconsistent. So yes, historically, Kermit Davis is probably above average for Ole Miss basketball. He has a tournament appearance last year, got cut short. They weren't making anything anyway, and now he's a one seed in the NIT. If you have those results every three years, Kermit Davis will have a statue in front of the stadium, right? And making the tournament every three years is a good baseline goal for Ole Miss. So in totality, it's not a big deal. This team should have been better. This team should have made the tournament. They didn't. So it is a letdown. It is a disappointment. Both of those things can be true at once. You can and should be proud of your basketball team because of the way they fought down the stretch. They also should not have had to fight down the stretch to get themselves back into the bubble conversation. It's okay. Both things can be true at once. I don't think it's a tournament or bust situation next year. But the roster turnover is going to be pretty significant. You would like to see a little bit more consistency out of your team next year. But it's going to be a challenge. And uh, hopefully they can rise up to it. Because the roster is going to look really different next year. That's for sure. Uh, but it's not its not a hot seat deal or, or anything like that. Not at all. Um, people get confused by that. You can say that, like I've said before, that this upcoming season's a pressure season. There should be pressure on the program. But it's not a make the tournament or else you're fired situation. There's a difference between pressure and hot seat. I think there should be pressure, especially with roster turnover, but I do not think it's a tournament or bust situation. I think you've got tournament or bust in Starkville. That's where you've got tournament or bust. Not at Ole Miss. Not, not for this year. But there should be some pressure. We'll see what it looks like. But they, they will play in the NIT. That's absolutely something you should play in. Uh, I don't see other than, well, they don't deserve to play anymore. I, and I don't understand where that comes from. Um, you wouldn't say... Uh, Lane Kiffin should say no to a Liberty Bowl, would you? Uh, so no, they shouldn't say no to the NIT. They absolutely absolutely should play in it. People do watch it, not as much as the tournament, of course, but people do watch it. It's a chance for uh, some of your guys that are coming back next year to get more experience, to play in a tournament setting. There is no negative quality to playing in the NIT. There is no downside whatsoever, none. Um. 
so I, I had it was just one guy, but I had one person say that they should say no to the NIT because it's a waste of time. Well, no, it's not. It's good for Jarkel Joyner. It's good for Morell. It's good for Sammy Hunter. It's good for KJ Buffin. It's good for Luis Rodriguez. Guys that you expect to return to your team next year. It's another opportunity for Romello White to showcase that uh, he should get a look, uh, you know, make a G League team. Same thing for Devontae Schuler. Your program will be on ESPN. That can never hurt. Um, no, there's no, there is absolutely no downside to playing in the NIT whatsoever. It's exclusively good. Uh, that's a, that's just a, a line of thinking that I, I can't quite figure out. Um, you absolutely play in it. I hope it was just the one guy, but you absolutely play in it. It is just a shame um, that it was freaking Will Wade. <laughs> Wiretap Will standing in between Ole Miss and the tournament. They uh, they do only have themselves to blame, though. Doesn't mean you shouldn't be proud of those guys. I would be if I were you. The way they closed the season, for sure. Just not enough. They uh, they dug them almost dug themselves out of the hole that they created. Almost did. Um, did a pretty good job of it. Also, just wasn't enough. Dug too deep. So we'll see what the NIT does. Um, playing Louisiana Tech. I think Louisiana Tech's the team that's got a beefcake for uh, for a big man, too. I mean, he looks like an offensive tackle, uh, if I remember correctly. We'll look more at Louisiana Tech later on this week. But for now, um, that's it on basketball. And we'll turn the page over to baseball. Now, Ole Miss, uh, they, they won two of three. They had that midweek win over Alcorn State, where they run-ruled them in eight innings. And then Friday night, uh, Gunnar Hoagland was excellent. He's going to stay in that role, like I told you. He's going to stay in that role. You got Chatney back, and he had three hits on Friday night. Uh, Justin Bench had a hit. Elko continues to be hot. He had a really good night. Kevin Graham had a really good weekend. Um, Gunnar Hoagland's ready for this. He had 14 strikeouts in six innings. Only scattered two hits in those six innings. Um, was really, really sharp. And, and he's ready for that Friday night role. I saw a... a mock draft or a big board that had him as a top 10 pick in the draft. He's ready for it. Stuff looks sharp. It's red. It's uh, his fastballs up in the mid um, mid nineties on the radar gun. I mean, he had a really good night. I'm glad that Bianco's keeping him in that role. He belongs in that role. And uh, almost got a really nice, easy win on Friday night, the way they're supposed to. But then something happened on Saturday. It also, well happened one time on Friday as well. And the box score on Saturday and Sunday doesn't show all of the fielding errors that Ole Miss had. Uh, they had a pretty comfortable lead going into the eighth. Um, you had a couple more hits from Elko, for example. Kevin Graham had a four-hit day, including the game-winning home run. Um, you got a okay Start from Drew McDaniel. He gave up just two runs in five and two thirds. Um, Taylor Broadway in his two innings gave up three runs and uh, the errors, the problems in the field. That is your new issue with this team. Now, I think the lineup is a lot better. Uh, now that you got Chatney back, I, I do think that 
moving forward. Kale Baker should not be an everyday guy. He wasn't this weekend, but I think you maybe even limit his starts less and less. Um, yet again, on Sunday, he was really um, not effective. And I was talking to somebody earlier today, and it's not like the situation that you had with Austin Anderson a while ago where he would, I mean, he just absolutely crushed the baseball right at people. Uh, his batting average didn't reflect that he was seeing the ball and hitting the ball well. Kale Baker is swinging and missing at 85-mile-an-hour fastballs at the belt. He is not making contact at all. This is um, a spot in the lineup where they need to consider making more of a permanent change. But it's the issues in the field. That's what I'm more concerned about. More more concerned with the lineup. And Chatney's back and uh, Elko's hitting really well and Graham has come on and been really strong. I think they're going to be fine in the order. It's giving up free outs, free bases that turn into runs, ULM really capitalized with it on Sunday. Uh, I mean, Ole Miss gave up two free runs on the box score in the game, but it's more than that. They only had three errors. I say only. They had three errors on Sunday, but there were more fielding mistakes that led to runs. They had two errors on Sunday. So they had three on Saturday, two on Sunday, but – that's not entirely telling you the whole story. They're sloppy in the field. Um, Gonzalez was not great. Fielding bunts was an issue for this team. They've got problems uh, right now in the field. They did not play clean baseball this weekend at all, and that concerns me going into a good Louisiana Tech team and these two midweek games in Ruston before they host Auburn. But it's SEC playtime now. And right now, they're not playing clean baseball. So I'm encouraged right now by, I think the lineup is fine. I think Chatney being back is good for them. Obviously, it's good. You know, breaking news more at 11. He had five hits on the weekend. He had one on Sunday, one on Saturday, and uh, not a math guy here, three on Friday. Elko's been great. Graham has been great. I'm not worried about the lineup really anymore. It is bullpen depth. And that might get better now that um, whenever Doug Nikhazy works himself back into the lineup, the lineup, the uh, the rotation, um, that might help mask this a little bit. But bullpen depth is something I'm concerned about. But the issues in the field. My goodness, the free outs, the the free runs that they gave ULM this weekend, not being able to field bunts, it's a big area of concern for that team right now. Um, there was even a play in center field where uh, it, it was just a bad, bad read from bench, and it led to free bases. I don't even think they scored it an error, but little things like that, just sloppy play in the field, giving up free runs and free bases to a team like ULM ahead of SEC plays, an area of big, fat concern for this team. Not worried about the lineup anymore. Rotation will be fine when Nikhazy comes back. It might mask the the bullpen depth thing a little bit, but you got to play clean baseball if you're going to win games in the SEC. I mean, you guys know this. How many one-run games, two-run games do you have in league play? If you're going to host a regional, if you're going to be the team you're supposed to be, you can't field like this. 
I mean, I'll pull up the stats here. I guess I should have had these out already. Uh, but their fielding percentage cannot be good right now. Um, 962, or 969 as a team. That's brutal. Jacob Gonzalez right now is at a 912. Tim Elko's at a 917. Kale Baker's at a 967. Ooh. I mean, that's that's rough right now. Jacob Gonzalez has five errors this season. I know he's young. You'd think he'd get better, but still. Um, that's not good enough right now. And um, just sloppy, sloppy play from this team. We'll see what happens. Uh, ULM has a, I mean, new or not ULM. Uh, Louisiana Tech has a new stadium. Nice little atmosphere they have. So a uh, couple of midweek challenges for Ole Miss this week, and uh, we'll see what happens in SEC play. But we have Mike Bianco on the radio show today. It'll be me um, interviewing him. So I will, uh, I'll bring that to you on this feed as well. If you miss it or just don't listen to the show, and um, yeah, I'll bring that to you tomorrow. And until tomorrow, y'all have a great rest of your week. Check out the stream in the morning. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Follow me on Twitter, all Michael Borky. It's all you need. And uh, you can find everything there. And until tomorrow, I'll bring you Mike Bianco's interview with us on the radio. Uh, y'all have a great week. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.